0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective. This is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Welcome, everyone. It is Sunday, December the 12th, 2021. It is currently 5.36 p.m. Central Time. And I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church, located right here in Ovalo, Texas. And most importantly, is welcome to another week. Of Bible study. Now I know it's getting to that time of year where you've got all kinds of things going on, right? You may have family coming in, you've got plans, you've got activities, you're you're buying gifts, you, you're, you've got all kinds of things going on. And I know that this is could be a very busy week with lots of distractions. I'm just going to try to challenge you here. Please do what you can to try to f- to try to. How can I say this? Still capture, hold on to a little time each day. Even if you can't do all of the assignments, even if you can't read the curriculum, at least spend as much time as you can this week in the chapter that we're going to be studying. Thinking about it. Look, if even if you don't have time to do any assignments. If you just read the chapter that that's going to be the, our, your assignment for this week. If if you just read it and if the if all you can do this week is simply send me an email with questions. Like I don't understand this, I don't understand this, I don't understand this, I don't understand. I'm going to keep reading, but these are what I don't understand or this just anything about even if you can't do anything else. That will be beneficial because then I will know, okay, I need to focus on this. I need to work on this. And then I will do my best to try to put together programs, answering those questions, dealing with those observations. And then all you have to do is then listen. And I will try, I'm going to really try to make this week and and like leading up to to Christmas – and even the week after Christmas, I'm going to try to make some of the daily studies, uh, when, when I do the Bible study exercise episodes, try to make them a little bit shorter, only focusing on maybe specific things, and then we will see. Maybe maybe next Sunday, I will come together and just put it all together more just like a sermon. Like I'm just going to address smaller things throughout the week, and then maybe next Sunday for Sunday school, once again, we'll just... We'll just, I'll just do a, try to do a message on most of the chapter that we're going to be working on. Maybe I can do something like that. We will see. A lot will depend on your participation, what you need from me, because remember, I'm here to help you study the Bible so it can be beneficial. I just don't want this week and the next couple of weeks to turn into, well, how am I going to do that? I mean, that that I mean I got too much to do. And then you'll just get frustrated. And then that will just lead to then, well, you know what? I'm just going to forget doing this because I fell behind. Don't let any of that happen, right? Don't let any of that happen. It's going to be busy. You're going to have things to do. Just make sure I, I, someone even acknowledged that they thought it was really cool that in the Blue Letter Bible app, it will, it will literally read the chapter to you please use that feature, all right? If you cannot figure out how to get it to work, email me. Just set it to play the chapter whenever you're doing anything, whatever you're doing, wherever, if you get in the car, if you, if you can just, you, just hit play, listen to it, find, a, find another app that, play, that does an audio version and just listen to it while you're going to sleep. Like on the Blue Letter Bible app, you can set it uh, for, to read the chapter seven times. Just let it play seven times as you're falling asleep, Whatever you got to do, live with the chapter this week. So welcome to a new week of Bible study. That's a little bit of my pep talk, my little bit of encouragement, telling you what I'm trying to do. But this week, will you know where we are. I mentioned it this morning. It's all about Isaiah chapter nine. It's all about Isaiah chapter nine. Now, I'm, I'm going to give what I'm going to do tonight. Or, or late afternoon, early evening, whatever, whatever time it is. Okay, okay, whatever, whatever the situation is with time. What I'm going to try to do in this episode is just try to get just a very brief introduction and try to just get you started. Uh, I was going to try to come in here and just try to bombard you with a lot of uh, maybe teaching right now, but I, I, I'm not going to do that. Again, I, I'm always looking at trying to how to handle these Bible study exercises. That every time you listen, there's a different approach. There's, there's. I'm always want to keep changing it up, making it unique, so we don't fall into any kind of rut. Because I know what happens. You're gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna study the Bible, the Bible study exercise, and after a while, you're just like, okay, okay. I know what to expect, I, I, so I'm gonna try to change that up. So here's here's what you need to do: Isaiah chapter nine. It is, let me see, how many verses? I can't remember. Isaiah chapter 9 has a total of 21 verses. 21 verses. All right? Even if you, just... 21 verses, you, you should be able to read 21 verses, or put it this way, you just read whatever you can. If all you have is five minutes and you can't read, you just read how many verses you can whenever you have time. You just read as whatever you can in Isaiah 9. If you do devotional time, any other study, anything else you have to do this week, set that all aside and just focus on Isaiah 9, okay? I know you're like, but, but other people are going to be like, wait, you have these responsibilities. Just tell them that Theology Central trumps every other responsibility, okay? i I'd probably, I'd probably won't work. But okay, Isaiah 9, though, that's where I want you to focus, okay? Just read as much of it as you can. 21 verses. It should not take you long. Use the Blue Letter Bible app. Just live in the chapter. Read it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And you and look, it, it will become obvious to you. When you've been reading the chapter all week, you've read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, and then you start talking about it to other people, it becomes very obvious, are like, wait, It's right there, guys. It's in that verse. How do you not know it's in that verse? You probably heard a little bit of that this morning when I was teaching Sunday school. I'm kind of like, guys, we've been in Isaiah 8 all week. Why don't you know what's there? And well, probably because they hadn't been reading it all week. It becomes very obvious. But just read it. Read it. If you can't do anything else, I'm begging you. I'm pleading you with you. Isaiah 7, 8, and 9. I want you to know everything in these chapters, right? It's, look, if you don't know what's there, then you can be manipulated about what's there, right? So read it, read it, read it. If you can, outline it. If you can, outline it. If you cannot, that's okay. If you can come up with an outline, that's fine. Uh, it, It can be, you can make this the most simple outline you can possibly come up with. Just any grouping of verses that you think, it doesn't have to be detailed. It doesn't have to be like, you know, uh, you know, observation, interpretation, just basic bare bones outline where you're at least like, okay, these verses, these verses, these verses, group them, group them together to the best of your ability. If, if you can do that, that will be beneficial. So read it, outline it. Now, we have to talk about this. Okay. Okay. Well, well, before we talk about this, let's do this. All right. So read it, outline it. Then the curriculum this week is about Isaiah chapter nine. And I think it only, let me look here. Um, Isaiah chapter nine. Hang on. I've got a commentary open here. Okay. All right. And now I'm getting uh, the Bible verse of the day sent to me. Okay. Here we go. Isaiah nine verses one through three. So they're only going to focus on Isaiah 9, 1 through 3 this week, which I have to look. I'm, I'm Okay, now I'm thinking, wait, what is the curriculum getting ready to do here? We, we may have to see, but the curriculum is going to work on Isaiah 9, 1 through 3. So please, this week, so read the whole chapter, outline it, and please, if you can, Look at the curriculum if you can. Now, I I I think I've already said that. I'm not gonna I'm gonna try to lessen your responsibilities as much as possible, but I'm just gonna place it out there for those who can participate, okay? So I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything I can. Now, that may mean that our focus becomes just Isaiah 9, 1 through 3. I think I think that would be no, there, I don't know why the curriculum wants, there's, you have to group Isaiah 9, 1 through 5 together. You have to. You have to group 9, 1, verses 1 through 5 have to be grouped together and verses 6 through 7 have to be grouped together. And then what to do from 8 and following? Well, I, we can, I just think if I'm doing an outline, just in my mind, if I'm doing an outline right now, it's going to be Isaiah 9, One through five, I think I'm gonna group those together. I don't know if I would do any separating there. And then clearly verse six and seven are gonna be put together. I I, I think so. So I don't know why they would only want one through three, go one through five, all right? But so that's your outline, but look at the curriculum and look at everything it has to say in regards to Isaiah nine, one through three. But here's, I've, I've got to warn you here. So read it, outline it, look at the curriculum, understanding the curriculum is only going to be focused on verses one through three. Look at everything it has to say about verses one through three. But here is what I have to warn you about. Please. We, I already was talking to someone in the church about this this morning, because as soon as we stopped Sunday school, they started, they brought up Isaiah nine and started uh, connecting something in that verse to Mary in the New Testament. And I kept telling them, no, 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 no. Please do not do this. When you start studying Isaiah 9, don't look for any New Testament connection at first. What I want you to do is you read Isaiah 9. Just figure out what it's saying in its historical setting, and its historical context, and how would this relate to anyone at that particular time? We've got to establish that first. Once we establish that, then and only then can we then go, okay, how does this show up in the New Testament? How does this have any reference to the New Testament? All right. Then we can do that. So read the chapter, outline the chapter, look at the curriculum and avoid looking for immediate connection to the New Testament. Just like we did in Isaiah 7, just like we did in Isaiah 8. Okay, how does this refer to Judah? How does this refer to them? How does this refer to the Assyrians? Okay, how does this sign fit there? We we tried to look at that first and foremost. You have to do that if not then oh i just think it's i think it's so wrong that pastors everybody loves to do that oh how does this relate to over there well wait a minute we're 700 years removed from over there we're we're 700 years from those other things happening so this is addressed these are words given to a people who were alive at that time what 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 is what what does this have anything to do with them please do that. Don't get distracted and start jumping. Now, uh, commentaries, Bible study guides, look, even the Bible study uh, curriculum, the Bible study guide curriculum. And if you're new and you you like the Bible study guide curriculum, you can go to theologycentral.net. Go to the blog section. You'll have to probably go to page two or page three of blog articles. Look for the one that says daily discipleship guide. There'll be a link. Follow that link. It'll take you to ministry grid. Sign up. It's absolutely free. But you'll notice that the two passages of scripture is Isaiah 9 and then the gospel of John chapter 1 verses 1 through 9. Well, I don't want you to even worry about the gospel of John chapter 1. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Don't even try to connect Isaiah 9 to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Do not do that until we first understand Isaiah 9 in some kind of historical context. What, what is being said to the people at that time? All right. And then once you're like, well, wait a minute, that doesn't, okay. Now there'll be some things you're like, well, that doesn't have, that doesn't make any sense to them. Okay. Now. Once we realize what doesn't make any sense to them, then we can jump and go, well, then how did it, what, what did this have to say to the house of David or to Judah later on? Then we can address that. Okay, so that, is that pretty simple? Now, read it, outline it, look at the curriculum, avoid connecting it to the New Testament at first. Those, those are basic, basic rules. Then, this is very important. I want you, as you start working on chapter 9, just make sure you ask yourself or start thinking, how is this connected to chapter 8? How is this connected to chapter 8? How is this connected to chapter 8? All right, let's go to chapter 8 and let's go to verse 19. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19. Now, we talked about this this morning in Sunday school and our last study of Isaiah 8 we're going to go back here because I think this we got to walk ourselves back in we got to walk ourselves right to the doorstep of chapter 9. Right? And it's just chapter 8 in so powerfully here, okay? Isaiah 8:19, right? And when they shall say unto you seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God for the living Uh, uh, unto their God for the living to the dead, right? So in fact, I'm going to go, I'm going to pull this up from a number of translations. So you'll get an idea of what's being uh, said here. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go back here. I'm going to go to, is that verse uh, 19? I'm going to read this from a couple of translations. So you get kind of a sense here, right? Listen, when someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists, whisper and mutter should not a people inquire of their god why consult the dead on behalf of the living there there you get kind of a, an idea new living translation someone may say to you let's ask the mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead with their whisperings and mutterings they will tell tell us what to do but shouldn't people ask god for guidance should the living seek guidance from the dead Now, again, these are people looking for their solutions, looking for their way, their will. They're looking for answers because of of concern, fear, because of all of the different problems taking place. And and God is instructing Isaiah, don't listen to the people. Don't listen. Look, once they abandon God, they will look for solutions and ideas from anything and everything. So don't, don't listen to them. Verse 20. To the law... And to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. If they are not speaking God's word, if they're not looking to God's word, if they're not speaking what's in the law and are consistent with that, that's because there's no light in them. Once you abandon God's word, you're in darkness. Once you walk away from God's word, there is no light. The light comes from God's word. It is a light. It is a lamp. You can't abandon God's word and remain in the light. You will end up in the darkness. Then look at verse 21. And they shall pass pass through it, hardly bestead and hungry. And it shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, they shall fret themselves and curse their king and their God and look upward. The situation is, they're going to be in darkness they're going to be suffering. There's going to be difficult because of all of these situations that have we've talked about with the Assyrians, all these horrible things are coming. And they're going to end up cursing God. They're going to curse their king. And when it says they're going to look upward, it's going to be, they're going to be looking upward in a rebellious attitude. They're going to be angry with God. Well, let's look at how this, this verse is uh, translated in a couple of, uh, of uh, translations new international version distressed and hungry they will roam through the land when they are famished they will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their god when they do look upward they're going to curse god they're going to curse their king they're going to curse everyone because they they didn't listen to god they didn't want god they didn't want god's way they didn't want god's will they didn't want god's word and and because they were afraid and they looked for answers everywhere else and now they're going to be suffering. And now they're going to be upset. And they're, they're, they're going to be in darkness. New Living Translation. They will go from one place to another, weary and hungry. And because they are hungry, they will rage and curse their king and their God. They will look up to heaven. ESV. They will pass through the land, greatly distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and against their God and turn their face upward. They're going to reject God. And now they're going to be in darkness. They're going to be angry and they're going to be, they're going to be suffering because they would not listen to God. They did not want the, the the peaceful waters of Shaloa. No, 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 no. They wanted the river and that's going to be the Assyrians, which is going to bring death and destruction and pain and suffering and all of the other issues that they're going to face because they wouldn't listen to God. They're in darkness, right? And then verse 22, and uh, they shall look unto the earth and behold trouble and darkness, dimness, anguish, and they shall be driven to darkness. They're going to be in darkness, driven to darkness. Now, it's that darkness that sets up the whole entry into chapter 9, all right? They are going to be in darkness. And then immediately we end up in chapter 9, verse 1. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun, Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterwards did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, and Galilee of the nations. The people walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwelt in the land of the shadow of death upon them hath the light shined. All right, now, there's a lot of things mentioned here. Who's being spoken of? What's going on? You need to just start trying to establish the historical context here of what's happening, who's being spoken of. I'll just give you at least a little preview of what the curriculum does here. Just, I'm just gonna give you a little preview of the curriculum. Let me go here to the curriculum. Again, if you cannot find it, just let me know. I will get you access to the curriculum um, as, soon as, uh, as soon as you ask for it, I will do that. All right, give me a second, it's loading. All right, here we go. This session is called The Light in the Darkness, all right, so you already see that darkness in chapter 8 is so critical to now the light's going to shine. All right, then uh, see here, they, they start, they, they have Isaiah 9, 1 through 3. All right, here's the key words, all right, uh, they have have seen, now they jump immediately to verse 2 for the key words. Uh, though the literal translation is have seen, Isaiah was prophesying a future time after God had punished and purified his people. So it looks, what they're saying is the people are going to suffer. The people are going to suffer and there will come a time that it's being prophesied in the future that they will see, that they will, and even though it says have seen, the literal trans, uh, though the literal translation is have seen, Isaiah was prophesying a future time after God had punished and purified his people. This is setting up the, trying to figure out exactly what what time period is being spoken of and what is going on. You need to be paying attention to that as you work through this. All right, now here's, here's what they have to say. All right, just, this is gonna give us a little bit of context. Physical darkness can be a dangerous thing, but not nearly as dangerous as spiritual darkness. The nation of Judah was living in spiritual darkness because of their rebellion against God. Earlier, Isaiah had described how the people would behold trouble and darkness, dimness and of anguish, Isaiah 8, 22. They would face defeat, but though the destruction and darkness would be great for the people of Judah, they still had hope. Isaiah contrasted the coming dimness of Judah with what God did to the regions of Zebulun Zebulun and Naphtali. When Israel split into two kingdoms after Solomon's death, the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali, along with eight other tribes, became the northern kingdom of Israel. Because the kingdom of Israel had rebelled against God, he allowed the Assyrians to take over the nation around 732 BC. The Assyrians exiled the people and brought in people from other nations to settle the land. Because these new inhabitants were not Jewish, the region became known as the Galilee of the Nations. This area also included the village of Nazareth where Jesus was raised. The prophet's statement that afterward God would more grievously afflict this area probably points to the fact that this this was Jesus' hometown. Even though the people had been rebellious and had walked in darkness, that darkness would be swept away by a great light. Now, they claim, obviously, you know what they're going to point to as the fulfillment. But I want you to see what they're saying here. So let's go back to Isaiah 9. I'm already doing uh, doing more work here than I wanted to. I'm currently in the book of Hosea, so I don't know. (laughs) I was getting ready to like That's not going to help you any. Okay, Isaiah chapter 9. So nevertheless, there's going to be this darkness because of their rebellion, because they're not listening. The dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. So, in fact, let's read this and a number of translations. So I'm going to end up working our way all the way through this, but that's okay. Because I think it's very important. All right, here we go. I'm going to read a couple of these and see if you get an idea. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor the Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. So he says, okay, there's, there, there's going to come a time where the gloom and the darkness is going to stop. In the past, he did go after Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, part of the tribes of the northern kingdom, which the Assyrians take away and all of the destruction. He says, but in the future, now this, the, the New International really tries to clean this up a little bit. will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. That they're looking for some future when something is going to be different. The New Living Translation. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. Now, immediately we want to run to the New Testament. And I'm not saying that we don't, but we have to ask ourselves, is there any possible history here where they can look to going, no, that's that, that there, there, there's, there's some hope. There, there's light. Is there anything that shows up in history? If there is, we want to look to it. All right, and see what we can find. All right. Then, verse two: The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. That that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multitude multiplied the nation, and not increased the joy. They joy. Uh, they joy before thee according to the joy and harvest. And as men rejoice when they divide the spoil for thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff off his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian for every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. Now, Once again, we have the light, the light part. You see why the the Bible study guide starts and stops in verse three, right? They're going to stop in verse three because the further you read, the more like, well, wait a minute, what is this referring to? What's going on here? So there's a time of darkness because they've rebelled and there's going to be suffering. There's going to be suffering just like there was for Zebulun and Naphtali, just like there was for the Northern kingdom. There's going to be a time of suffering. They're going to be humbled. They're going to be punished. But there is going to come a a time of light. Now, we we immediately want to run to Jesus. But we have to ask ourselves, and you can look in all the commentaries, is there any possible historical fulfillment? And then there's a lot there to work on. What is going on in verse 4 and what is going on in verse 5? We will have to figure out verse verse 4 and 5. And then... That immediately leads us into verse 6, and we know verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Before we get to verse 6, we got to make sure we have a good understanding. We we understand the promise of light. we got to figure out what in the world is going on in verse, I'm going to say verse 3, verse 4, and verse 5 what is going on in those verses what exactly is happening please look it up see what you that that at least gets you started all right so so you can just start read the chapter outline the chapter okay look at the look at the curriculum All right, especially what it has to say about Isaiah 9, 1 through 3. It offers some dates, some identifications of people, which will be very beneficial, which will be very beneficial. Do not immediately connect this to Jesus. Look for any historical connection and just work on Isaiah 9, 1 through 5. I don't want us to jump to, everybody wants to get to 6. Don't jump to 6 until you can clearly articulate everything going on in 9, 1 through 5. If you cannot clearly articulate everything going on in chapter 9, 1 through 5, you are not prepared to look at verse 6. It's that simple. It's that simple. All right? Now, the key is, and, and this is, and, and, and the theme I really want you to consider this, is spiritual darkness. When we reject God's word, when we don't look to God's word. When we look to other things, we find ourselves in spiritual darkness. I want you to just think about the dangers of spiritual darkness. Have you experienced spiritual darkness? And what areas do you think you're still in spiritual darkness? We're, we are we're gonna we're, we definitely want to add that to our discussion this week. All right, now, I want to do more, but I'm trying to keep this down to... I'm going to try to make these shorter, right? I'm going to try to make these shorter, but I, I, I got you close. I got you close there, right? Uh, man, I want to. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look at starting in verse three. Um, yeah, there's so, so much discussions and dispute about some of these verses. I'm gonna look here. When, once you get to verse four. No, no, I, I think I, I think I see what's going on here. I, yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. Um, there, there, there's a lot to discuss here, but clearly, this is this is. I I, I think you're going to be. I think we're going to run out of historical uh, uh, historical solutions. In other words, I don't think we're going to be able to say, "Well, I think that happened." At this, I think you're going to ultimately be. I think a lot of this is going to just drive us right to Christ. I think that's going to be the only answer, but I want you to look for every other possible connection here because it's almost like, okay, he's given some signs. He's given some things that relate to their time, but I think in chapter nine, or at least it feels immediately to me that it's just going, okay, we're just, we're, there's coming like right now there's going to be suffering and darkness, but there's coming a time where there's going to be light. And then we have to ask ourselves: is that first coming or second coming? All right okay cool well, I hope so I hope so I hope so um yeah there there's a lot <sighs> yeah so there, there's well clearly yes I, I there, there's so many different thoughts I have here and I'm trying to stop myself so there's a lot to figure out but I want you to just just your focus on verses one through five now go ahead and outline the whole chapter but verses one through five is where I want your focus to be and Just, I think all of this, I think verses one through five is going to be like, okay, you're in darkness, there's problems, there's suffering, but everything's going to change. And it describes a lot of different ways things are going to change. And then you have to ask yourself, well, did all of that happen in the first coming? And if it didn't happen in the first coming, then this is, is this a reference to the second coming? What parts of it relate to the first advent? What part relates to the second advent? Or do you start going, well, okay, this happened in the first advent, spiritually, not literally. Okay, well, then, then we get into all kinds of uh, hermeneutical discussions there. All right, so hopefully that will be beneficial. I, I want to say more, but I'll just stop right there. I'll stop right there. That I, w- w- My job is to bring you right. My, my job is just to kind of set the table and then bring you to the table. And then it's your job to dig in. Okay. That's, that's, is that a good illustration? Right. It's like here, the table is set. All right. I've kind of identified some of the plates. I told you what to look for now dig in now, but at the same time, I know you're going to be busy of all the weeks. You know, this is that time of year where it's really hard you know, to to be able to accomplish this kind of thing. Uh, but uh, this is not really the time of year to have such a complicated chapter. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what everyone finds. Verses 1 through 5 is where I want you to focus. But read, outline, look at the curriculum. Don't immediately connect things to Jesus. Obviously, look for a historical setting and then just really work through Isaiah 9, 1 through 5. Because I know everybody's going to want to jump to verse 6. For, for unto us, a child is born. See, there's Jesus. There's Jesus. Okay, calm down, everyone. Calm down. Okay, let's figure out what in the world's going on in verse 1 through 5. Okay, and then if verse 1 through 5 is prophesying everything that's going to happen, and if that's pointing to what's going to happen when this child is born, then how does all of these things take place? I mean, look, See, I've already got some questions in my own mind. All right, I'll stop right there. You can email me anytime, newsif at yahoo.com. Look, just do whatever you can. Do not allow this to become a burden. Do not let this become legalism, right? This is not about legalism. This is about God's word. Study it. Enjoy it. Make it fun. Studying God's word should be fun. Should be exciting. Don't like, oh no, I've got to do it this week. If, look, if you, if, you get to, if you start feeling that, then it's going to be detrimental, Right? You're just crossing things off a list so that you feel like you met some moral or spiritual responsibility. It's God's word. Enjoy it. Have a good time about it. Talk about it. Even if you can't write anything down, discuss it. Talk about it with whomever you find someone and say, I'm going to talk to you about Isaiah 9. They're like, I don't want to hear about it. You're going to listen. Okay. God told me. No. Okay. That's that's from our previous podcast episode. I, I'm joking there. Okay. But uh, Yeah just talk to your dog, talk to your cat, talk to yourself, okay? Just talk about it and see if we can have a good understanding of what's going on in Isaiah 9. Historically, and then how it points to Jesus and then what we can possibly learn about spiritual darkness. I think that's a I think that's a good thing. I always feel like I, I always feel like I, di- I I didn't do enough. I always feel bad. Like, man, I'm ripping them off. I'm ripping them off. They they didn't get enough. And some of you are like, just shut up. You've already given me too much. So hopefully, and hopefully this morning was beneficial as well. I I still, that Isaiah 8 this morning, I know you can hear my frustration and a, a little anger in my voice, but those are some important principles in Isaiah 8. Watching what Judah and Ahaz and all of these people are doing, that doesn't look like the modern church. I don't know what does. To me, it's like, how, how relevant of a text could we be studying right now? And in chapter nine, we'll have to see how it's relevant and what we can understand. I think chapter nine may get more into hermeneutical questions, maybe. Maybe not as practical, but we'll see. All right, email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a great week of Bible study. Can't wait to hear what you find, what you discover, because it always challenges me. But let's talk about it, let's study it. But remember... Let's do so with joy and desire, not legalism and burden, all right? Everyone have a great week. God bless.